everyone we're here with another exciting episode of do good feel good and this is going to be a thrilling episode um mom if you're listening you probably won't turn it off we can discuss that later in the in the pod but i'm joined here by caroline or caro or caro she goes by many names whatever you like (laughs) and she's gonna talk to us about some really exciting stuff so before we get started do you want to just share like a little brief fun bio about yourself so like not what you would have on like a like a corporation website but like the fun version okay yes I love this well thank you for having me Lauren I'm super stoked um I'm Caroline I run the brand love by Caro I would say yeah just like off the cuff Spotify playlists are my love language I always say that I'm a huge like music junkie love like Led Zeppelin Tame Impala and all about like sharing taboo topics. So I'm really open about self-pleasure. I would say, yeah, my black obsidian wand is my favorite thing. My squirt blanket is like more important than any child I will ever have. And I love exploring and traveling. I live in Vegas. Uh, I grew up in Atlanta though, and that's how we connected through our mutual friend, Lindsay. Um, So yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's so much to say and I feel like I'm really excited for you to ask me some questions on self-pleasure and intimacy because that's really what I'm super stoked on uh, to talk about. Awesome. Yeah, I know that these are the questions that my friends have but don't really like know who to ask. Um, So I think it's going to be an exciting episode. Before we get started, so you guys have heard Lindsay on a previous episode. She's the sex and relationship coach and we did sensual eating. So I found Caroline through that. Um, and I was, so I was wondering, did you and Lindsay kind of get into this work at the same time or like how did, was it just it's like the fates happened to align you? Yeah, we were definitely aligned. So I really didn't like consider this a job until last year. I started my business June 2020 and Lindsay went to school for therapy. So she was definitely into all of the love and relationship things a lot sooner than I was. Um, But I feel like intimacy, it's something obviously like we all are trying to build and understand and, you know, starting when we're really little. And there were a lot of different threads. I'm a huge fan of Al-Anon and just like breaking away from codependency and really healing like um, I have alcoholism in my family and mental health. So like there was a lot of things that prepared me to be an intimacy coach, but I made the transition in September of 2020 to position my business instead of business coaching I moved it to intimacy coaching um and I my former career was an accountant so I was a corporate accountant for four years I fucking hated it I thought it was so boring Uh, I loved the people I've always just loved like asking random questions and getting really nosy so yeah it definitely is something a little new to me but really exciting that's awesome so what is love by caro Yeah. So Love by Caro, it really, it started off as like a personal brand and blog and it's morphed into like helping people transform their lives. And right now, like my mission with the business is to educate people. I think there's such a lack of like 
learning about consent, sex education, like techniques to squirt and like the different orgasms. So it's very focused on education and then breaking away from shame and becoming confident in your body and helping your relationships. Like that's something I'm super down with and just like doing a lot of inner work. So intimacy, you'll usually hear it's like into me, I see. So I help guide people through their journey to self. Wow, I've never heard of into me, I see. I like that. It's super helpful because intimacy, it's like love. It's like, how the fuck do you define it? And can I curse on this? Yeah, I mean, you already did. And also <laughs> like, yeah, this is an open, fun podcast. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think into me, I see is a really good way to frame it because it's something that's a little hard to define. Okay, very cool. So I feel like I have a thousand questions just from that little explanation. Um, is this something that you've always been interested in? Like when you were growing up, are these things, like was your family very open, like talking about sexuality or is it something you just discovered on your own? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think my mom was always super open. Like she'd always want to explain things to me. Like, what does a blowjob mean? Like, make sure I get like a bra and like have like tampons whenever I get my period. And I was always super awkward about it. I grew up in the South. Um, so definitely sex and like the patriarchy was always like very present and stifled. Uh, so yeah, I was definitely uh, exposed to it through my mom, but my dad is Catholic and my stepmom is Catholic as well. So that was definitely like hush hush. And I felt like I had my first boyfriend, we dated for five years and I jumped on birth control, but would buy my bras at Victoria's Secret. And I just noticed like, I felt like I was doing sex more for him and I was never like having an orgasm or enjoying it. So I got really passionate in intimacy, just like with all the failed attempts and just like always feeling like there's something missing and never knowing what. Uh, and it really took like last year, I went to Costa Rica and did a lot of like retreats, went to Envision Festival, hit up like the red tent and started learning a lot about like conscious relationships and sacred sexuality and different like self-pleasure techniques. So um, it's something where I feel like the foundations were laid and it's always been interesting to me and I'm a Scorpio sun. So I think I'm, I'm built for taboos, uh, but I definitely never thought my career would be in this. Never, ever. <laughs> and what is a red, what's the red tent? Yeah. So a red tent, it was, anyone was welcome, but typically like red tents, like back in the day, they were meant for like vulva owners, like women who are bleeding. And it was just like a sacred space to just like chill. And I think our society has lost that where we don't honor our cycle as much and we don't honor menstruation. And it's like a really sacred and beautiful time. So at Envision, they did a lot of talks on conscious relationships, like sacred sexuality, like different self-pleasure tools. So it was just like a super cool tent. Like people were topless. Like it was just like a big sleepover 24 seven. And for the people who don't know what's Envision, sorry, I'm like having to break this all down. Yeah. So Envision is every year in February, it's um, on the beach in Uvita, Costa Rica. And it's like a five day festival with music, like Closey played Emancipator, like it's pretty electronic. And then during the day there's workshops and then at night there's music. So I volunteered there um, and met a bunch of cool people and it was, it was super beautiful. Okay. Very cool. So one of the things that you were going to share with us today, which I feel is like a huge perk since you, I think this is probably one of the services you provide teaching people about this. Um, what is a self-pleasure routine? 
How yes. often should people do this? Blah, blah, blah. Just give us the full rundown. Definitely. That's a great question. And I have this freebie too, if anyone wants it, it's linked on my Instagram, sacred self-pleasure, but essentially like a self-pleasure routine is just something that makes you feel comfortable and is like a devotion to self. So my routine is like, I start out like taking a bath, like relax, watch some Netflix maybe, and then go back to my bed, like lay out my squirt blanket, which is like a waterproof blanket that also a lot of people don't know about um but it absorbs like any liquid or it's good if you use oil and i suggest people like find their favorite body oil i use fractionated coconut oil it's like super liquidy uh and then just like massage your whole body so the whole point with like self-pleasure is to engage your senses uh, you know embrace your sensuality so i tell people like focus on the five senses like can you light a candle that you like can you make sure you have cozy textures like do you like the music do you want a sex playlist or a masturbation playlist whatever so really figuring out a way that's like a safe space for you and making sure you have the time that's a huge thing that people need to know like women or vulva owners or women typically take 40 minutes to get aroused while as penis owners or men typically get uh, five minutes to be aroused so I think a lot of people forget about that and I highly suggest using like a crystal wand if that calls to you for a sex toy. Uh, there are some people like in this space that don't believe in vibrators because it can desensitize you. I don't like rules. So I think do whatever you like. Um, you can always use your fingers, whatever, and just like play around. So like with these crystal wands, it's called like uh, de-armoring or even yoni mapping. So that means like inserting a wand. So it literally looks just like kind of like a stick or a dildo made of crystal, like black obsidian, rose quartz, whatever. And you press inside of the vagina and then you can see like what areas are sensitive, what which are numb and you can like hold it there. And that's more of kind of like a healing modality. If you're just like trying to have an orgasm, you can always kind of speed it up, do some clitoral stimulation with your hands and use the wand with the other um, with the other hand. But yeah, just like do whatever you need, what you're craving. I think we all go through seasons of life where we want to more like heal trauma or just like we're horny in quarantine. Uh, so really it's up to you. And the whole point is just like enjoying the whole process. I think a lot of people like rush to orgasm or they're like watching porn and feel like it's hard to focus. So the whole goal is like to be mindful. And that's why we like incorporate the five senses because that will always bring us back to the present moment. I'm sure with sensual eating, you've done a lot of the same kind of thing. Um, and yeah, like it doesn't matter if you squirt, have an orgasm, like there's eight different orgasms that like a female can have. Um, but really like an orgasm is an orgasm. And even that, like people are kind of getting away from like the hierarchy of orgasms. Like it doesn't really matter what spot was stimulating. Like, is it a cervical orgasm or clitoral orgasm? Like the point is like for pleasure and just to like drop into your body, um, so yeah, that's kind of what goes down in, in a ritual. I know that was a lot of information. Yeah. I wrote down a lot of questions. Um, some of them you answered as you were speaking, but I'm just going to still say them just so you can reiterate it. So you said that it takes like 40 minutes for a vulva owner to get aroused. If like the goal isn't an orgasm, which I thought was the whole point of mm -hmm. masturbating. Um, so that was interesting to learn. 
is it like less beneficial if you try to like get it done quickly, like in five minutes? Because I know that that's also possible. Yeah. So I think like scientifically the chemicals released from an orgasm, it's all the feel good, like serotonin, dopamine, whatever. And I would think like those chemicals will get released, whether it's a five minute process or 40 minute. But I do know just like from experience, like the longer you wait to have an orgasm, typically the stronger it is. And like everything becomes more engorged. Um, there's also like the technique called edging where you basically like bring yourself almost to climax and then you stop and then you bring yourself again. And that will usually like associate with stronger orgasms. So I would say like whatever you have space for personally, like I think it's better if you only have five minutes, just masturbate for five minutes a day versus like never doing it. Um, it can bring up a lot too with like perfectionism. I know I've had a client struggle with that where it's like, you feel like you have to have everything perfect. Like you need an hour time, you need to take a bath. And like, I think it shows you a lot of like self-work that's going on behind the scenes too, of like how you approach it, because like whatever you do is beautiful. And like the point is just to drop into the present moment and like experience your body and your pleasure. Okay. I love that. Um, okay. Another question is, so if you're doing these self-pleasure routines, mm -hmm. does it, I'm sure that there are ways that I could improve your sex life with a partner, but have you also heard that people get like so into their own pleasure routine that they're no longer interested in like cooking up with their partner? Yeah, I think that's such a great question because that's like a huge thing that I hear from people who are in couples or partnerships where they're just like, oh, I feel guilty or like they're just hesitant. And really like self-pleasure has been proven to like correlate with better, more satisfying sex lives. So like there's literally research that kind of backs it up that like with masturbation, you'll get to know your body better. Like sometimes like your labia will be more sensitive on the left versus the right. Or like, you'll just like learn little things about yourself. So I've never heard of anyone who like is addicted to self-pleasure. What I hear most is like, girls will use a vibrator and then be like, I can't come with my partner, especially if it's a new partner. Like sometimes they're, you know, they'll get offended if you're like, Hey, let's use my vibrator. And they're like, Oh, am I not good enough yeah. for you? So that's, I think the biggest issue, like I hear the most are just about vibrators. Like how do you introduce sex toys? And I think it comes down to like communication, which is the key of intimacy. And I think a lot of us like don't know how to communicate in sex or it's a one night stand. Um, so it's really making sure you're like with a partner you feel safe with, because that's what's going to like lead to better orgasms, like squirting, just like, I think a better sex life. Cool. Yeah. Okay. My next question is, does the type of crystal for your crystal wand, I forgot what you call it, matter? Like, do they, I know people, there are different healing properties, but I don't know anything about crystals. So anything. Yeah, that's provide. a great question. So yeah, I'm an affiliate for the Yoni Pleasure Palace and they actually like send, so that's where I get all my sex toys and they send a little sheet with like, so black obsidian is typically great for healing trauma and like clearing out negative energy. Rose quartz is more associated with like love. Green aventurine is more associated with like confidence and abundance. So yeah, there's definitely different properties. And I always tell people too, like 
I'm a huge believer in therapy and getting a professional. So I'm not like a therapist or medical professional. Uh, so I really suggest people working in tandem with like a healthcare team. In my opinion, if you have sexual trauma or sexual assault in your past, which is super duper common, I don't recommend people to just like get a wand and start masturbating. Like sometimes like people with trauma don't even want to touch themselves or they have a lot of feelings associated with it. So also like know that your process, it's okay to go slow. Like maybe your self-pleasure ritual is just to massage yourself in the mirror and say, I love you. And like, that's a starting point. Um, so definitely knowing like these crystals can help with healing, but I don't think they should be the only way to heal. Okay. And we can link to this Yoni pleasure palace and the yeah. notes. And if you have like a code or something, we can like, link to that as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'll send you the link to that. And I do have a discount code. So that okay. would be perfect. Cool. Okay. Awesome. So you also mentioned that like, this has been kind of a reoccurring theme, but it doesn't have to be like an orgasm doesn't have to be the goal. You said you can find like different parts in your body. And like, I think that you mentioned they were like associated with different types of healing. Yes. So can you discuss that a little bit? Yeah. So more with like the crystals, it's kind of like general theme, like self-love for rose quartz. But um, I haven't heard for your specific body parts. Like, so we have erogenous zones, which typically, you know, it's going to be like your nipples, like the inside of your thighs, like your neck, like everyone has these zones that kind of like turn them on and cause them to be aroused and like feel good. So I think that could be like a really cool exercise for people to explore, like, you know, touching your body, like see what you like and what you don't like. And I always talk about like when you're a little kid and you bump yourself, like you naturally rub that area, like your body is going to release chemicals when you're rubbing your skin. Um, so yeah, I don't think it like there necessarily has to be like a focus, but I think like for someone who maybe is uncomfortable with the idea of like masturbating or just doesn't have a sex drive, I think like focusing on like the thighs can be really good. Cause I think like the thighs can cause a lot of shame and like it's close to your vulvas if you're a vulva owner. So like, it's obviously, you know, gonna feel good. Um, but really just finding like whatever floats your boat and like, it's all about exploring your body. Like we're all different. Yeah. And I know it can be hard for people to, to take the time to even like read every day. So mm -hmm. I feel like I mean, I think this sounds more alluring and like, you don't need a whole lot of incentives to do this, but I think like an hour ritual might seem intimidating, but like starting small is something that like everyone can hopefully fit into at least their week. Definitely. And you're so right. And I think too, like explaining why orgasms are good is important. So like, you know, we covered, it improves your sex life. Typically it can improve your confidence. Cause like all of those chemicals coming out of your brain, it's going to make you more confident in your decisions. It can help with like your sexual health. Like sometimes it helps strengthen the pelvic floor or prevent incontinence. Um, and yeah, just like make you happier. Also sleeping. A lot of people find that they sleep better after orgasm. So there's an array of benefits and it's just like a really healthy thing. And I think if you have a block towards self-pleasure, it can show like, you know, maybe you're holding shame. Maybe you feel like you have no time. Like these are all things that I think are good to unpack because our society is so go, go, go and grind culture. Uh, so I just like don't see any reason why not to self-pleasure, but I'm very biased. <laughs> 
with the breaking away from shame, I know that like a lot of people who listen to this podcast, at least that who are my friends are raised um, in like Christian households or like super conservative households, especially like sometimes I feel guilty for just like making out with someone when I'm not like in a relationship with them. I mean, rarely, but like anything past making out, I do end up feeling like I'm being dirty or something. So can you provide any guidance on that type of shame? Yeah, thank you for sharing, Lauren, because I think that's very brave. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Um, I would start first, like, you know, seeking out a therapist while also doing your inner work. Because like I said, like, I think that's important just to have someone in your corner supporting you. But I think a really good exercise is like forgiveness. And this is something I'm going to launch a group program in a month or two. And this is something we'll have in the module where you list out like everything you want to forgive yourself for. And I think we can see like a lot of things we hold on to. A lot of people have shame of like sexual encounters, like contracting HPV. It's the number one STI. Uh, So listing out a forgiveness list and then listing out like what, what do you love about yourself? Like what are ways that you can like build into your day, like self-love rituals and just like add more like pleasure into your life. And then also like taking note of like, what are the family beliefs that you're hanging on to? So sometimes like people, you can separate this by like sex and list out everything like your family believed or like society has taught you like money, love, dating, like whatever categories, um, just kind of going through the major areas. I think that's super helpful. And another thing too, is just like learning about the patriarchy and like why we have monogamy. Like I took a sex ed course with Maria Two Straps and it was amazing this year. And she talked a lot about how basically monogamy was started. Like there was like land ownership and then monogamy started and then the patriarchy and then like Christianity stifling female pleasure. So when you kind of like take a zoom out of all of these systems at play, I think that's really helpful to kind of overcome it because you realize like it's not really benefiting you, especially if you identify as a woman. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just learning about these, like the patriarchy and systems is super helpful to kind of get over a lot of shame. Wow. Yeah. When I think about the patriarchy, I'd never go that far back. I just think about like men earning more and men being seen as powerful, but I never thought to go that far back into history. Yes. Like in Japan, they had to create this thing called tentacle porn, where it's literally like instead of penises, it's like tentacles from an octopus because you couldn't show nudity. Um, And they really destroyed like Japan had like so much cool like pornography and like beautiful pictures of self pleasure. And it was all destroyed um, by different like rulers. And so a lot of history has been erased too. So like we don't know anything about it, which is crazy. Yeah, this is going to lead into like seven other podcasts. (laughs) Okay, I have a question. You did not list this like on your items to talk about, but I saw it on your signature. What is a death doula? Oh, yes. Um, So yeah, last year I studied to be a death doula. So it's essentially a companion and you can either help someone prepare for death. So let's say like someone gets a cancer diagnosis. So they would reach out to a death doula. They can help like prepare the will, prepare different documents, make sure like whatever ceremony you want when you're dying is executed and planned. Death doulas can help with like a legacy project. So memorializing the life in terms of like a scrapbook or a video. 
just being there for family members. And then uh, also death doulas can work through grief with the family members. So they, uh, the program I did was through Inelda mm -hmm. and they divided it between like planning for death, the death or the vigil, and then aftercare and grief. Um, so it's really someone who has like resources and is a non-medical professional to kind of like hold your hand throughout the whole process. Because a lot of times like doctors and nurses, they don't have enough time for that. Wow. I feel like that could also be a whole nother podcast, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel like for, and in that role, you have to connect with so many different people. And I assume that it's probably hard, like a really hard process because you will be there like when someone passes who I assume that you like have established a relationship with. Yeah, definitely. And the reason that I took this course was like, I've always been obsessed with grief. And at, when I was in Costa Rica last year, someone was like, have you heard of a death doula? And I was like, no, what's that? And they're like, yeah, you literally like help someone through the grief process. I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. And so then when COVID hit, I just had this like desire to serve. And so I signed up for this course and it was all on Zoom. It was like the coolest people attended. It was like a hundred people from all over the world. And it was six weeks. And honestly, like it changed my life. Like it's a lot of shadow work, but I do a few like grief support calls, but I don't really like practice my death doula work just because like in this time, I'm like, I can't handle any yeah. more heaviness, uh, but it's a huge field. Like I have a YouTube video on it. I can uh, send you that too. And I've done a few podcasts, but like everyone always asks me about it. Because too, like we always want to say the right thing when someone passes away and it's always so hard. Like you're like, what do I do? How can I help them? And I think that's why I just like studying about like the end of life and like how to be a good listener. It really helped me in like so many areas of life. Yeah, I feel like that probably helps you with like your own fear and journey as well, maybe. Oh yeah, the first day, <laughs> like literally Lauren, you have to plan your death. And they're like, okay, so you're gonna die in three months. Uh, let's role play. You'll be the patient. The other girl will be the doula. And like, what do you want? What are your fears? And it was like, I literally went to therapy after that. I like found a therapist. <laughs> I was like, I can't, like it brings up so much that you don't realize. And you're like, fuck, what do I want? Like, why am I not living my life like this now? Yeah. Like, it brings up a lot. So what do you so you started this company in September, 2020. So was that after you had done the death doula like group or like was it happening like simultaneously? Yeah, good question. So like kind of my timeline was I quit my corporate job September of 2019. And then I started traveling like up until the pandemic in March of 2020. So I was like freelancing a little bit. And then when the pandemic hit, I lost like my freelancing job. And I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to learn as much as I can and take like a pause and just do self work. I was living at home with my mom. So I, I was fine on like not making money for a few months. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm gonna do but I'm just gonna focus on what I like. Um, and that was super helpful. And then I started teaching yoga in April of 2020. And that was really like kind of the first offer under my company, Love by Caro. But I had this blog for like a few years. So I was like building up the brand, had the blog, had a community, never offered anything. And then summer of 2020, I started business coaching and did like a group program on how to get organized, still taught yoga. 
And then I got super burnt out and I was like, you know what? Like I quit accounting for a reason. I really want to focus on emotions. I did the death doula training like April and May of 2020 um, and kind of started doing like a little bit with that. But yeah, I decided to just focus on like intimacy and taboos and took on a few one-on-one clients. And yeah, like now I'm here and just writing an ebook on self-pleasure and confidence. And I want to launch a group program in summer of 2021 Uh, teaching people like self-love rituals and like how to break away from shame and be more show up better in their relationships so if you like if someone wanted to reach out to you to seek services or coaching how would they do that and do you provide like hour-long sessions or is it like similar to therapy in that way yeah that's a great question so Right now, I don't, I'm not taking on any one-on-one clients, but typically I like to do uh, two to three month containers and usually we'll meet every other week uh, for 90 minutes on Zoom and then talk in between on email or Voxer, which is similar to WhatsApp. Um, So that's kind of like my standard package for one-on-ones. I have sometimes done like one-off sessions, but I feel like with this work, it's nice to kind of have a longer container because the biggest thing is like people need the space and the devotion to themselves. So like I'll sit with my clients while they journal and like talk through and check in on stuff. So it helps with accountability. And then with the group program, it'll be eight weeks and we'll meet every other week and have homework and have just like a community hub on Mighty Network. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about the Zoom calls. It's all virtual. <laughs> I'm like learning about so many different things right now. Um, so do you want to tell us a little bit about your podcast really quick in case you yeah. have some listeners who want to keep listening? Thanks for asking. Okay. Yeah, so I have the podcast, Let's Go Deep with Love by Caro. It's on Spotify, Apple, whatever. And it's also linked on my Instagram bio if you can't find it. Um, but it's all about going into taboo topics. So I have a few fun ones on sexuality. I had one with Aubrey Rose who taught me how to squirt and all about conscious sexuality. Um, She taught me like through DMs, not like. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But basically that one, we talk about conscious orgies, which is super fun. I have one on like bisexuality on the podcast. And I just had a period artist come on, Jasmine Alicia Carter. And she literally like takes her period blood and will like paint with it. Oh, wow. (laughs) Your face right now, Lauren. You're like, (laughs) I just had no idea what you meant by like taboo topics, but these are very different. Like, I don't know what a conscious orgy is either. Dude, I, I didn't understand what a conscious orgy was, but basically it's a lot about like consent and, uh, Aubrey described it. She's like, it's not even about penetrative sex. Like I've never done that in an orgy, but yeah, a lot of communication slowness. It felt just like a sleepover. She's like, we have snacks at the end. I was like, I want to go to one. (laughs) Is Um, it okay? Yeah. So that, that, that doesn't even seem like very sexual. No, it's more, I guess, like spiritual, like it just seemed like super, yeah, like a lot of energy transferred and just like being super selective with like your sexual partners and like making sure everyone's comfortable and just a lot of communication. I think that I honestly think every orgy should be conscious because I think consent and communication are key. Um, but yeah, that episode's like my top played episode. So yeah, I like having guests on and just talking about random shit and they're all like my friends or like people I've connected with on the internet. So it's, it's fun. Cause it's like, it's pretty like off the cuff and like a sleepover. 
Okay, I'm very interested in this. And now I'm looking at all of your items. So we're gonna link to your website. Um, do, is there anything that we didn't cover? We also have to give a challenge to the listeners for the next week. I love a challenge. I would say, yeah, there's one other thing I wanna cover and then we'll go to the challenge. I think another thing I hear a lot is people are on antidepressants right now or SSRIs and they either have a low sex drive or they can't have an orgasm. And just know that like, that's very common. And I would suggest talking to your psychiatrist. I actually just went on Wellbutrin, which is, it doesn't work on your serotonin. It's like your neophrene or something. And I literally asked my psychiatrist, I was like, is this going to impact my sex drive or like ability to orgasm? And she was like, no, like, it's fine. Like Abilify is typically bad for it. Um, so you can really like, there's different options on medication. And if you're on a medication that works, like just spending time with yourself, like taking a nice bath and using rose petals or like massaging oil on yourself and like looking in the mirror and like saying affirmations, like just taking that time for yourself. Um, I think that's a really great step and just communicating with your partners or partners, like what you need. And like, if, if you're craving anything, uh, but just don't feel shame around that. Cause I think a lot of people are struggling with that too. Mm -hmm. I'm also on Wellbutrin. So cheers hey. to you. Hey. <laughs> Winning. And then yeah. also I'm like very sad. Like I, you keep talking about a bath and I recently moved. And the one thing that I, like I have a balcony now and a, kind of a door, like have a sliding door. So technically it's a like junior one bedroom, but yeah. I don't have a bath and I miss it so much. I used to have like, I guess I had a self-pleasure ceremony too. Cause I would, I had like a bath tray where I'd watch my Netflix. I would have wine. I'd eat dinner in there. I would make like a Epsom salt compress. Oh my God. That sounds so perfect. <laughs> I have seen the sauna blankets, which may be a good option. Have you heard of these? No, but I'm looking into that now. Okay. Yeah. Like there, it's literally like you wrap yourself like a burrito. I follow this girl, Mary called she's at ritual and routine, but it's literally like, I don't know, like a thermal blanket. That's oh, like a wow. sauna. So if I didn't have a bath, I'd probably invest in one of those just because like, I don't know, something about being really warm. Like I love, that's why I moved to Vegas. Like I'm like a lizard. <laughs> so I would, I would recommend that. Okay. I'm going to look into this. My mom's also like, just get like an inflatable, like, like you can sit in the tub, but I'm like, I'm afraid to fill that up like in my shower. And then I don't yeah. know, I just, I need to do some research, but yeah, for those of you who have baths out there, please like take the bath for the people who don't have them anymore. Right, clean your bathtub. That's a huge thing too. A lot of people are like, Caroline, like my bathtub's gross. I'm like, well, just clean, clean it. it. Like it's <laughs> worth it. It's an easy solution. Yes. Okay, so for the challenge. Yeah, so the challenge would be just like take 10 minutes each week just for yourself, do something nice. Like maybe you don't want to start with self-pleasure, buy yourself flowers, like pay for someone's Starbucks behind you and then get like a pastry and go to the park. Like just do something that's going to enhance your pleasure. And maybe like every week it bump that time up to like 15 minutes. Um, but yeah, just like take the time for you, like you deserve it. And that's what I want people to know. Like you're, you're worth that investment and it will always ripple out. I know it's like really difficult for people to like sometimes people feel guilty like taking that time even just like watching Netflix people will feel like bad because they weren't productive like during every second of their day so 
I think 10 minutes is a really good place to start. I hear you. And I think too, like that's internalized capitalism. And again, it's like getting pissed off at the man. Like I think capitalism has done wonderful things for the US, but like we're not meant to be worker bees. Like I think I, I think everyone can figure out their own mission in life, but you know, internalized capitalism, like productivity, efficiency, like these are things that have been instilled in us uh, to produce things. So yeah, you don't have to be efficient all the time. It's okay. <laughs> I love that. Um, what would you say is your life mission statement? Yeah, I love that question. I would say right now, like my life mission statement is to make people feel safe in their bodies, like outside in the world, in the streets, going on a run. And like, how can we make them feel better? Just like, yeah, right now, how can you feel more safe and just like feel really good? Yay. I love that. And I wrote down, you don't have to be efficient all the time. Yay. I love that. I mean, I, I hear it. I used to do accounting. Like, <laughs> I, I definitely fell into that and still do. So it's, it's a journey and like the process is messy and that's okay. Preach. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing all this. I feel, I'm going to listen to your podcast. Um, and then I might want you to come back again one day and specifically dive into one of these taboo topics if you're interested. I would love to come back. It was so fun to record with you, Lauren. Thank you so much. Of course. And how can people find you like on, is your social yeah. the same across all channels? Yes. So at love by Caro. So L-O-V-E-B-Y-C-A-R-O. That's my Instagram handle. And I'm also on Clubhouse, which I love. It's an iPhone only app right now. Uh, really great conversations on there that aren't censored. Uh, you can email me lovebycaro at gmail.com. Those are kind of the main things. And then uh, follow the podcast. Let's go deep with love by Caro and download the sacred self-pleasure guide. Uh, we can link that. And that's also on my Instagram bio, but that's like a little freebie that will give you ideas on like how to create your own ritual. I have some journal prompts on there and yeah, keep a lookout like on Instagram. I'll announce all my offerings, uh, which I'm really excited about for this summer. Well, thank you. Oh, thank you so much. Bye everyone. Bye, y'all. <laughs>